0: Father, we come before you. We um, are grateful because this book that we've been reading, Gentle and Lowly, really ties together all the things that we're talking about. And as believers, the mercy of God, the grace of God is just overflowing to us. And we are grateful for that. But help us to remember those who are not yours are still headed to hell. And we need to call them back. Father, be with us today as we study. Help us to honor you through the study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I have a couple of questions. This is kind of how I've been kind of starting the last couple of sessions. So. Um, and it's tied into what he's talking about. And I really like where he went with this chapter because it really ties together everything. Um, why are we here? Why are we on earth? What? Glorify God. Glorify God. Easy question, right? We all know that answer. We are we, we're, we're, we're in a church that spends its time talking about the fact <laughs> that we are to glorify God in everything that we do, right? So how do you do it? More difficult question, right? Well, let's look at what scripture. Oh, no, stay. Um, let's look at what Scripture says about ways that we glorify God. So, uh, who has First Peter four sixteen? Please read that one. Uh, yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. So, in 1 Peter four, what brings glory to God? Steadfastness in our in our suffering, in our trials. Okay? John twenty one nineteen. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Okay. So he's talking to Peter. And this is after the resurrection. They're walking along the lake. And Peter and he's just said to Peter feed my sheep feed my sheep feed my sheep and he points at John and says what about that guy and he says if 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 I (laughs) seek to glorify myself through his death then you don't worry about that you follow me what's another way that that our lives bring glory to God what obey Obey, obedience Um, death through suffering Suffering as a Christian. If you were to die because you are a Christian, that brings glory to God. Romans fifteen nine. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And this ties right in with where we've been, right? What brings glory to God? Sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. Praising him for his. Praising him for his mercy. Praising him for his mercy. That's what we've been talking about, right? He is the father of mercies. <laughs> he is rich in mercy. So to praise God for his mercy gives him glory. First uh, Corinthians six twenty. 2 Corinthians 9.13 By the approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. 1 Peter 2.12 It's already been said, but what brings glory to God? Kristen, it's already been said. What brings glory to God? You said it. Obedience. Obedience. Our obedience brings glory to God. So, and this is going to seem like a jump, but you're going to catch up in a minute. So, if we are here to give glory to God and... We do that through obedience, we do that through suffering. we do that pray, through praising Him for his mercies. Um, what fears and anxieties have been your weight this week? And you don't need to answer these out loud, but I do want you to be honest. What fears and anxieties have been your weight this week? A lot of things seemed fearful and anxious for me this week until yesterday. And it all got washed away by a different fear and anxiety. So what ultimately, and this kind of goes back, this kind of goes back, what ultimately causes our fears and anxieties? And we can talk about the temporal things that cause us to be anxious, that cause us to be fearful. But ultimately what causes fear and anxiety? All of these things are tied to it. Sin. Sin causes our fear and anxieties. Now, hear me clearly. I'm not saying your sin has caused all of your fears and anxieties. I'm saying sometimes your, your sin has caused your fears and anxieties. Sometimes somebody else's sin causes your fears and anxieties. And sometimes cancer... Pregnant mom who's... Baby's life's in danger because her health is not good. She's not done anything wrong. person who's got cancer hasn't done anything wrong. But it's the effect of sin in our lives. Sin... In one way or another. Causes fear and suffering. So how is God glorified in that? This is where we go to Ephesians chapter 2. So turn to Ephesians chapter 2. A couple weeks ago we spent some time in verse 4, 5 and 6. Today, we're going to stick in verse 7, but we're going to start with verse 4. Three weeks ago, we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. God is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Four weeks ago, we were in Ephesians 2, 4, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love for us with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And this goes back all the way to week one. Last year, last Sunday school seasons, Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. And that takes us to verse seven. So I'm going to back up to verse four again, because it's, it's important that we take this a piece at a time. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So let's take this a phrase at a time because this is so big. So that in the ages to come, what's he talking about? Is he talking about right now? All of eternity. For those of us who are Believers in Christ, where are we going to be? With Him in heaven. So He's looking forward. So that in the ages to come, He, who is it talking about? Okay, little language arts lesson here, right? He, antecedent goes back to verse 4, the word God but God. So he is talking about God. God, the father might show. The surpassing riches. Of his grace. Um, What's the difference between grace and mercy? We, we, We kind of use those terms interchangeably, but they are different. We, we talked about him being the father of mercies. We talked about him being rich in mercy, but here it says that he's going to show us the surpassing riches of his grace. Mercy. Think of it this way. Mercy is you not getting what you deserve. He is merciful. Therefore, you are not paying the price for your sin. Christ did that for you. You're not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. It's two sides of the same coin. So the surpassing riches of his grace, he is giving you what you don't deserve. We're talking about in heaven, surpassing riches. So these riches, this grace that he's giving you is overflowing. We've talked about that previous weeks. That his mercy floods on us. And in the book, he talks, about, he talks about Christ being a river that's been dammed up and the water is pushing over the dam it wants to get out. That's Christ's love for you. That's Christ's mercy and grace for you. It's wanting to overflow you. That's the mental picture that he's trying to paint for you. And when we get to heaven, the dam is broken. And his mercy floods over you. His grace floods over you. His grace in kindness. In kindness. This is the same Greek word. He talks about this in the book. The same Greek word that in Matthew 1130, where he says, my yoke is easy. The word for the Greek word for easy and the Greek word here for kindness is the same word. tying together who Christ is from Matthew 11 through the entire Bible to talk about who God is because they are one and the same. Toward us. The word for the Greek word for toward us has the idea of not just me moving toward you, but me moving toward you and laying my hands on That God's kindness not only comes towards you and covers you, but embraces you. But unlike the, the Catholic who believe that grace is a thing, which is he talks about this in the book. This grace is in Christ Jesus. Without Christ, there is no grace. So his grace and kindness toward us. That's what this is all about. And in the book, John 13 1, we covered this last week. He loved us to the end. That's the end. Because think about your own love for your children or your love for your neighbor. or In my case, my love for my sister. We want there to be an end. Sometimes matter of fact, in, in my conversation with my sister yesterday, she actually said this very thing that he talks about that as humans, we say to our children, oh, "If you love me, you wouldn't do that right but his grace, in kindness toward us, our sin we tend to shrink back right we I have sinned and God is somehow upset with me and I need to. We've talked about that all through this, but think about this. When you get to heaven and you step through the gates and you're standing there in awe of his grace. And he says on page 209, it means that as we stand there, we will never be scolded for the sins of this life. We will never, never looked at at askance and that word. I looked it up because I had no clue what it meant. Never looked at it askance. That's kind of this look. Right? You're cutting your eyes at somebody off the side of your head. You know exactly what I'm talking about. That's what he's saying. We're never looked at that way. Once we get to heaven, never looked at that way. And never told, enjoy this, but remember, you don't deserve it. Never told that. The very point of heaven and eternity is to enjoy his grace and kindness. Because the one thing that we fear will keep us out is can only heighten the spectra- spectacle of God's grace and mercy and kindness. Uh, the idea is this and, and it's it. We will, we will not sin any longer when we're in heaven. But will you remember your sins? And in a way, I want to say we have to. Because if you don't remember your sin, you don't understand the grace and the mercy that God is covering you with through all eternity. There are aspects of that that we will no longer forget. We will no longer understand the pain. We will no, no longer have to do with suffering. But if we lose sight of our sin, we lose sight of who God is. And if we lose sight of who God is, his grace and mercy means nothing. The more darkness and the pain we experience in this life, the more resplendent and relief in the next. So I've been reading, listening to um, a couple of um, podcast this week, and one of them was talking about the Prosperity Gospel Movement. And probably the the most visible um, current person in that movement is Joel Osteen, right? Um, and his book, um, Your Best Life Now. You know that book is written for unbelievers? Now, he wouldn't say this, but if we're going to talk, talk about this realistically, that book is written for unbelievers. Because think if... If you're an unbeliever and you haven't repented of your sin, what's coming for you? This has to be their best life now because I guarantee when they get to the afterlife, it ain't going to be good. So for unbelievers, this book is appropriate. It is your best life now if you are not a Christian. But if you are a Christian, this is the worst it will ever get. Romans 18.8. This verse means so much more to me after going through this book and after reading this lesson and after going through Ephesians 2. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. The difficulty, the anxiety. The question was, how is God glorified in our fears and in our anxieties? God is glorified because through those fears and anxieties, when we get to heaven, we will only see his grace, his mercy, his kindness and his love. And we will appreciate it more than had we not suffered. Does this give you anticipation for heaven? If it doesn't, we need to have a conversation. Because nothing else about this chapter is, the whole point of this chapter is, look at your life, look at the struggles, look at the difficulties, and look what God's going to do with them when you get to heaven. His grace and his mercy and his kindness overflow you and not for a moment, for all eternity. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your grace and mercy. Through these difficult times, through the anxieties and through the fears, Lord, help us to remember what's coming That you're going to use all of these things to remind us of your grace and your mercy and your kindness to us. Not that we deserve it, but because Christ has secured it for us. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.